Hello and welcome to this edition of Sound Teaching, the December 2002 issue of Wired Magazine, in a special feature entitled The New Convergence, points out that many evolutionists are now backing off their strong claims that science has made the concept of the divine obsolete and unnecessary. What once was trumpeted is sure knowledge that man, I quote, is alone in the universe's unfeeling immensity out of which he emerged only by chance, end quote, is now being questioned, and not by Bible believers, but by the very men who once proclaimed it as established fact. Notice the following startling admissions from the article, I quote, In recent years, Alan Sandage, one of the world's leading astronomers, has declared that the Big Bang can be understood only as a miracle. Charles Townes, a Nobel-winning physicist and co-inventor of the laser, has said that discoveries of physics seem to reflect intelligence at work in natural law. Another quote, Science luminaries who in the 70s shrugged at faith as gobbledygook, including E.O. Wilson and the late Stephen Jay Gould and Carl Sagan, have endorsed some form of reconciliation between science and religion. Again, I quote, Meanwhile, decades of inconclusive inquiry have left the science has all the answers script in tatters. As recently as the 70s, intellectuals assumed that hard science was on track to resolve the two really big questions, why life exists and how the universe began. What's more, both really big answers were assumed to involve strictly deterministic forces, but things haven't worked out that way. Instead, the more scientists have learned, the more mysterious the really big questions have become. End quote. What is even more startling is the admission made by Easterbrook as to why scientific thought is trending back toward the possibility of a designer for the cosmos. He states, and again I quote, Why the renewed scientific interest in spiritual thinking? One reason is the cyclical nature of intellectual fashions. In philosophy, metaphysics is making a comeback after decades ruled by positivism and analytical theory of language. These restrained, empirically-based ideas have run their course, and now the pendulum is swinging toward the grand vision of metaphysics, someday surely to swing away again. Similarly, in science, the pure materialistic view that reigned through the 20th century, holding that everything has a natural explanation, couldn't keep other viewpoints at bay forever. The age-old notion that there is more to existence than meets the eye suddenly looks like fresh thinking again. Close quote. Now what Easterbrook in his article describes is the cyclical nature of popular thought. It has always been that men have devised theories that seem true and unassailable only to be shown false in later generations. This in fact is what sets apart the revelation of God from the thoughts of men. While the theories of men are often ultimately rejected, the truth of God's word has been established throughout the generations of humanity. It is not surprising that men, even when admitting they are wrong, seek to find a middle ground rather than returning to revealed truth. And here it is, rather than accepting the biblical account which proclaims what they once rejected but now embrace, these men in this article are calling for a new convergence. Easterbrook is saddened that the how-did-life-begin question is usually lost, as he puts it, between orthodox Darwinians and hardline creationists, and he calls for a compromise between the two. In effect, scientists could accept the concept of a designer 
if creationists could see fit to give up their literal interpretation of the creation account. In effect, the call is for compromise. Well, that's understandable, but what is less understandable and more disturbing is that, with regard to Christians, that there are many who are asking for that compromise as well. Just at the time that evolutionists are making great concessions in regard to their theories of origins, these Christians are advocating that we compromise our convictions as well. While it is common for popular thought to change, why should those who accept the Bible as the inspired word of God seek to conform Bible teaching to such current popular thought? Why compromise with theories and views that have shown themselves in the past to be transitory? Why hitch the wagon to scientific theory that has been shown to be dependent upon the cyclical nature of intellectual fashions? And yet many, even in the Lord's Church, are calling for just that compromise. Note the following quotes taken from email correspondence that I have had with others who claim to be faithful Christians. I quote, There are aspects of the Bible that cannot properly be interpreted unless one takes extra-biblical considerations into account. Interpreted in this manner, objective examination of the real world can be, and many times is, very relevant to biblical hermeneutics. Another quote, The Big Bang Theory is the most widely accepted theory by true Christians and scientists. A third quote, The present controversy about whether to take the biblical account as literal or not just seems silly to me. The earth is very ancient, without question, and those who believe otherwise simply are not well educated and do not understand the enormous amount of evidence in favor of an ancient earth. You might as well believe the earth is flat as to believe that it is only a few thousand years old. And then one other final piece of correspondence that I received. The writer says, as a matter of fact, I'm a scientist with the same religious background as you. I do get upset, though, with preachers who are so narrow-minded on this issue that they will not consider the evidence. You are trying to make decisions and authoritative statements in an area in which you are not qualified and in which have no experience or training. That, sir, is the height of arrogance. I quit going to church in part because of ignorant preachers such as you. Good day. Well, all of these quotes indicate an emerging view of biblical interpretation that is becoming more prevalent among Christians today. More and more brethren are advocating our interpretation of Scripture based upon man's understanding of the natural world. The problem is, such a method of interpretation leaves us vulnerable to the vagaries and the inaccuracies of popular thought. It subjugates the Word of God to the human interpretation of scientific data. Rather than interpreting the world with a Bible view, some now advocate interpreting the Bible with a world view. Brethren need to understand the danger of conforming God's will to popular thought. Such attitudes resulted, for example, in Israel clamoring for a king, as you can see in 1 Samuel 8, 5-7. The Judaizers binded circumcision, bound circumcision upon the Gentile, Galatians 6, 6-9. The Gnostics denied the humanity of Christ. Such an attitude toward biblical interpretation led to the adoption of ecclesiastical hierarchy, leading to the establishment of the Catholic Church, the embracing of the instrument in Christian worship, and finally, in our time, the acceptance of the social gospel concept in our generation. It's leading some today to deny the literal nature of God's account of his creation of the world. 
Brethren also need to understand the extent of this compromise. The quotes used earlier in the article indicate the foothold that it has even among Christians. This hermeneutical view is affecting the thinking of brethren throughout the world, and the leaven, if unchecked, can lead to another apostasy of God's people. We need to heed the words of the Apostle Paul from 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 6 through 8. He wrote, Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you are truly unleavened. For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sound Teaching. The Sound Teaching broadcast is brought to you by the Westside Church of Christ in Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Stan Cox, and I am the evangelist for this family of Christians. For more information about our congregation or to find much more material for your private study, please visit our website at soundteaching.org. That's soundteaching.org. Until next time, we pray God's blessings upon you.